when I was young, I like I was exceedingly fortunate to be influenced by today's guest on our podcast, even before I knew his name. Listen to me. There are a few times in your life when you meet somebody who puts on no airs. They are the most humble person in the room, yet they have the wisdom that you can just tap right into with ease. And their observations are instrumental in changing a path from being a journey into a success. I literally called the person that we are talking to on this episode in just a minute. I literally call this person a wisdom tree. That is really true. If tomorrow, tomorrow, I am tasked with doing something really big in our industry or in any industry, if I, you know, I'm called the task to do this big, intimidating thing. There are going to be two people that I call immediately. Today's guest, that's call number one. Call number one. That's an ideal person for us to talk to on the Encouragers, the Radio Riley podcast. Are you ready? Listen, to enjoy our episodes, this is all you need. The only thing that you need is, is to be able to be interested in others and want to grab some thoughts and wisdom about how, the, how others are being successful in radio right now. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you're about to hear, listen, we've carved this up, man. It's ready for you. Uh, we've got something that will be focused on lifting you up, giving you good advice, and giving you the opportunity to hear stories of an amazing radio pro while uncovering the path forward in radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway. Programming consultants, listen, they have made great contributions to radio for decades. But times have changed, and it seems like it might be time for something new. Today, there are new needs. The busy local owner or manager of a single station or cluster, and those needs must be addressed because there are generational shifts happening that threaten the growth of more radio revenue right now. Yes, local revenue or local radio, I should say, needs better content, better branding coaching for on-air talent, music, music research, other resources for re research itself. But let's kind of kick it upstairs for a minute, right? So that you can see some of the money, sales coaching, sales strategy, and ideas that will help your sales team in uh, uh, a lot of ways bring in more revenue in the coming months. Here's what we call that, RPC, our practice is an actual multiplier helping local radio generate higher ratings and revenue to maximize higher results from your daily efforts. We make your life easier, better, faster, and more profitable. Ideas are the new technology. Whatever your vision of a consultant was, we're not like that. Today, we work with our clients on branding, revenue, profit, innovation, that helps your team actually grow the value of your assets and helps you tell your story better. It's a different way of thinking and creating value. Our first consultation is free and it's highly confidential. Reach out anytime. Schedule a meetup by email. It's easy. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com, creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We're about to talk to Phil Hunt. He's the guy. I'm telling you, he's the president and principal the person responsible, the person behind Hunt Media Strategies in Little Rock, Arkansas. See our full guest calendar all the way into late April at this point. I'm sorry, late June. We actually are 
our scheduling, we schedule people way in advance so you can actually see them at rainmakerpathway.com. We don't lock away anything on our site the way some of the consultants do. We do that for a very simple reason. We believe in this theory of abundance. So go to rainmakerpathway.com anytime, see what you could get for free from our team. Phil, I got to ask first, I got to say, welcome to the encouragers in the radio rally. How are you, sir? Having a great day. Thank you. It's always, it's always good to have a great day. Look, you, you know, we're going to go there. So let's just get it over with. Let's go back to the way it begins for you. How did you first experience radio? And what was your first J-O-B in radio? Well, I did a speech and radio day for my school. I didn't really think I probably uh, I was a sophomore or junior. Can't remember. But I went and and uh, competed in it. And um uh, it, it was basically news reading and some of the things, and um, I won. <laughs> and I, I didn't even know that I won because I had to go to basketball practice. And if you, and if you know me, because I'm such a tall person, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm five, five six on a good day. Um, my priorities weren't yet uh, aligned, you know. So I, uh, I, I the next day they said you won, and it was in the paper. And then uh, the following week. I got a job offer for radio at my local radio station in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, KRLW. Uh, and uh, wow, I, that's how I started. And um, but I had always been interested, always been a ham. Um, I had an uncle that was uh, already in radio, so I knew that it could happen. Uh, my uncle Mike and uh, but but it just they called me and and uh, you know I, I had a motorcycle and when you were 15 years old you could have a motorcycle license in in Arkansas and and so I <laughs> rode my little Honda 125 to to work every day you know after school so that's how I got God bless Phil now yeah, now I have a, I have a totally different vision of you now on this <laughs> motorcycle as a 15 year old that's right you use the right. phrase at 15 you can do this in Arkansas. That's right. Uh, listen, let's take a beat for a minute. I want to talk about your parents. Uh, sure. I introduce you. I, I do this all the time. I don't care who I'm with. If if I have a conversation about Phil Hunt, I always use these two words. I call you a wisdom tree. Now, that's my language, but you can clearly see I indicate something special out of that. So naturally, we want to know how you learn to value wisdom. Well, um, I, I, you know, um, it started with my my parents. Um, they're a great influence on me. My faith, um, you know, is is a huge, you know, godly wisdom is what we all seek first and foremost. Um, then there's there's the wisdom of man. And, and that's uh, important, too. Um, but uh, my parents were a, a huge influence on on me in, in regards to uh, school because they were both school teachers. And um, oh. You know, I, I, I learned uh, very early the importance of of um, uh, putting the time in, you know, uh, um, doing the hard things, uh, going to school, trying to be a good student. Um, all those things are important. And uh, I, you know, we've talked about this before, Lloyd. It's like this, this, the student becomes what he hears. Um, yes. It's like when you're when you're shepherding somebody, whether it's uh, 
uh, you know, your child or uh, a talent or someone that you're a coworker or someone that you're that you're that's you, that's subordinate to you and you're trying to shepherd them along uh, and make them greater than they are, reach beyond what they see, the, seeing the potential in people. See, that's a gift. And yes. and being able to see the potential in someone and then allowing them encouraging them. And that's why I love the name of, of the podcast is because that's such an important part of, of coaching, coaching and training people. They have to believe in themselves. Sam Walton said, it's amazing what a person can do when they believe in themselves. Now, and, no and so, Phil comes on this podcast and talking about all these Arkansas people. <laughs> that's right. So, well, I'm, right. I'm, I'm a Razorback. That's no, no, that's all right. That's all right. We God bless you. Uh, listen, so radio, I want to talk about this. Did your parents love the choice and were they supportive of a career in radio for Phil? Oh yeah. 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 It, it's, um, um, I, I had, uh, a, an unusually, uh, resonant voice, even when I was a little kid, when I, when I hear myself, uh, old, uh, my dad was a gadget person, even in the sixties, he was a ham radio operator. Uh, he had a little wallen sack, uh, 3M, uh, reel to reel tape recorder. He recorded our voices uh, every year at, at certain, you know, first, uh, uh, piano recital first, uh, um, you know, uh, stuff like that. He would, if there was an audio component to it, he would try to memorialize it by, by recording it. So I, I was a little uncomfortable with my voice. Um, but as I matured, um, then I, I was encouraged by my mom, who was really the English teacher of the two. My dad um, was more of a civics guy, and and uh, and, and that was more of, of his talent. But my mom was a uh, she taught fourth grade, but English was her is something that she just really enjoyed English and literature. And and um, I remember the the day when she heard an announcer on. Uh, KSOA, the cool sound of Ava, Missouri. Um, he uh, was having trouble reading the news. And my mom turned to me and I, I couldn't be more than 11 or 12 years old. And she said, you can do better than that. <laughs> at, at 11 years old, you can read better than this guy. You can do this. And and I think that that um, they knew my fascination with I listened to the radio a lot. It was um, uh, it was I loved music and and the idea, you know, I listened to Chicken Man, you know, Dick Orkin. Um, and I got to meet Dick. Uh, uh, of course, he's passed, but but uh, probably, a, uh, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I got to meet him at the NAB and just went on and on and on about Chicken Man. And he said, man, you're remembering you're remembering episodes. I don't even remember anymore. That's that's amazing. <laughs> but but those are the kind I, I was fascinated with audio and uh, and music. And I think that they just saw that 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 was the direction I was progressing. And they encouraged me to be able to do it. And well, no, wait, what you're what you're describing is basically with the conditions on the ground at your house with your parents, somebody was going in the radio business. <laughs> That's about right. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> all right. So listen, before you were a program director, this is really important because God, people who know you know what wicked skills you have. Uh, Making great programmers, right? But before you were a program director, did what did you think was the career that you wanted? In other words, did you just know you wanted to be a programmer early, or was it? Yeah, else? there's a, there was um, at at first I I thought I was going to be that I was called to the ministry. 
uh, that first, the, maybe the, maybe the first, um, uh, and, and really, you know, and, and, and this is funny. I remember one time, um, uh, my, my wife, Diane is, it was a, was a grade school, elementary school principal. And someone called her about something and I answered the phone and, and it was, the call was for Diane. And I handed the phone over to Diane and the person on the other end of the line told my wife, your husband is either a preacher or a disc jockey. <laughs> and I thought that was uh, okay. uh, very prophetic because those were the two, those were the two uh, things, um, the idea of helping people and, um, uh, you know, being able to, to, uh, to make a difference in someone's life. That was something that was important to me, uh, personally yes. and spiritually. And, and, um, you know, and there was the career path of going, you know, to the ministry or, or into radio, which is kind of like, yeah. a, uh, the ministry would, would certainly go in, in much deeper in that direction. But the great thing about it, when I met Rusty, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later, that was probably the thing that was the, the most powerful part of who he was. And that is the, oh, yes. uh, of trying to, and, and people don't always associate that immediately but if you know him if you had one of right. those powerful experiences you do know absolutely it's like it's like a, it's very easy to dismiss that part of the business and say oh that's just right. uh, uh gushy uh emotionalism and it, it doesn't have a place in business but i'm telling you uh that kind of skill uh that kind of compassion uh, is uh, it's what's missing in the world today. Uh, Listen, I don't I know guarantee- only in, in business because you think, well, you can't be a uh, golden rule businessman, but you know what? I think you can. And and the most I'm, I'm, wait, but- wait, before you go any further here, I'm going to say I'm going to put this down right now. OK, yes. No singular person, I don't think, in this industry can know me for very long and not understand that I have a deep and abiding love and admiration for Rusty Walker. Yeah. Sammy Darwin. Yeah. So this episode is not about him. This episode is about you. (laughs) That's true. And and by the way, we know that Rusty's going to play a role in that. We're going to talk about him, but I I, I want to. I want to kind of unpeel this onion a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. So so going back to where you were, yes, I I did have another career path I considered. um, Right. But but radio was was what I chose to do. All right. So can you share who gave you your first programming job and what was that job like, Phil Hunt? Okay. Uh, I was uh, working in Nashville. Uh, for uh, an AM country station, uh, WJRB, owned by Max Sanders. And uh, uh, it was the old WENO uh, in uh, 1430 there, and uh, it actually licensed to Madison. And I was going to school at Belmont College, now Belmont University, and uh, I was nine hours away from graduation. I'd expressed to Mac and to Don Keith, um, who is now a, a very famous author. Um, uh, he wrote the book Hunter Killer. It's been made into a movie. There's been all kinds of different books he's written, but he was the PD of, of WJRB. And I'd expressed to him a desire to be a program director someday. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was trying to finish school and he came to me and said one day and said, hey, uh, Mac just bought a radio station in Knoxville, Tennessee. 
and we want you to be the program director. It was WNOX. How about that? Oh, nice. And, yeah, and, um, uh, and I said, no, I don't really want to do that right now because I've, I'm only nine hours away from graduation. So I'd like to do one more semester. And then so Mac told uh, or actually uh, Don told Mac that and Mac came back and said, Phil, you, you, you're not understanding this. If you want to work for me, you're going to be the program director of WNOX in Knoxville, Tennessee. And oh, he understood uh, politics. This yeah, way. he understood. He was very subtle, very subtle. I yes. love him. He was a great, a great man. And so I took the job. I was excited. And uh, the World's Fair had just finished up there. And it was a it was a cool place to go to. And as you know, I'm, I'm my family originally is from there. And um, and so that was my first PD job of WNOX. And and I I it was to me as a radio person, it, it enabled me to do all the things that I love to do. And, and that is, you know, I could do production. I could write yeah. at image stations. I could be on the air. I could help the, the talent. I didn't have the strategic knowledge, you know, to know what to do. Uh, all I knew is to try to get on the radio, have fun and uh, yeah. play music that other people wanted to hear. So it was very uh, very immature in terms of of my of my development. I started with just the idea of I wanted to do it. I thought I could do it because I knew each uh, uh, facet of the business pretty well, and 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 putting it together as a PD was just the, the greatest job ever, and still is so, for me. So, did you believe back then that you had natural skills and the right temperament to lead? Or was that even a thought where it was just the programming job or did you think, oh, my God, this is a leadership role? Yeah, you know, I, I, at that at that level, because I was like, oh, man, I was I was uh, 22 years old and 21 years old. And so I, I as, as much as I could at that point, I knew I wanted to to uh, to program. I thought I could. Um, I think I thought I could help other people because I felt like especially in production, that I could help them understand how to make something special, because that's what those are real rudimentary things about uh, entertainment, um, making a radio station special. I didn't know how to do it at that time, but I did know that if you if you got really good people and that I thought were talented and let them do their jobs and try to 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 um, be kind of the catalyst for them to improve themselves and to get better at their craft. And, and again, making it special. How do you each day is unique. Each city is unique. And then yes. it's like give them now. That's great radio. And, and that's okay. the, that's the only thing I knew at the time. But it was enough. And so. so- Hey, I'm going to slide this in here because I know there are some people in this question. Please tell us about some of the people that you worked with and learned from early in your career as you start to formulate these ideas of how it really works. Well, um, I was able to, um, yeah, well, Don Keith, most importantly, I, I, you know, Don was was a great uh, uh you know leader in in that regard there at wjrb but before that someone who is probably not very well known outside of the state of arkansas but uh, his name was james bragg and james was the uh guy that gave me the job at krlw and his best friend was dan sears who was from hoxie and he was the newsman at wmps in memphis 
And so James mm-hmm. benefited from that relationship with Dan uh, because he learned and was a student of radio. And my demo, I listened to my demo the other day of, of when I was on the radio there. And, and I from that from that experience, I got a job you know, in, in Nashville with, as, as a, as a talent, uh, from that, that demo, you know, you know, from my audition tape and, and because we had, we had, uh, William B. Tanner jingles and, uh, I was Dr. Doyle. Oh no, I was, I was, but it, it's, it's like, we're in the show business. We're in the business yes. of show and, and, uh, people forget that. It's like these are all basic things that that uh, when when you're in the middle of it and it's, you know, in, in that time frame, it's very easy to be dismissive and say, wow, that was that was then and this is now. But no, but no, I, listen, listen, I get sad about this because <laughs> I know this sounds like this sounds like a whole week. I'm sitting on the front porch telling you I'm sad. Uh, I get sad. I call this the lack of experiences for listeners. Yes, Radio yeah. forgets we're in the experiences business. If we're not giving people experiences, well, of course, they're going to go to Spotify. That's right. Absolutely. It, it, it's, Why shouldn't they? It's that companionship and that show business and that fun that's created. And and yes. I remember uh, Randy Michaels. Uh, yeah, I worked for, for Clear Channel for many years. And uh, I remember one of Randy's quotes was, never forget that radio is part of the body of the entertainment industry. Uh, we're the toenail, <laughs> but we're part of it. And and they said, never forget that we're in show business. Give them a show. And now, and now Phil, I'm going to tell you what you just said to somebody like me was we're where the boots meet the ground. So that yeah, sounds like yeah. a sexy place to be. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and that's a typical, uh, uh, you know, bravado from Randy. But that was just who he was. Um, but 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 that kind of radio, the fun part of it, making it special, capturing the moment and all of these sound like cl- you worn out cliches. Well, you know what? Um, how about doing it? How about uh, actually trying to do those things? Um, well, look, some things are timeless. It's true. It's true. But but being it's like what's special about today? Give that to them on the radio. What's special about where you live? Give that to them on the radio. Uh, you know, those are skills. And again, there, there was no strategic thought other than entertain, capture the moment, be a reflection of the town that you live in. That's that right, was now, my now, Phil, guiding force in the first probably uh, six, seven, eight years of programming. Not just uh, not just that town, Knoxville, not just Nashville. Right. You were at Kissin'. Oh, golly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's dude, right. there was some special people hanging out in that joint. And for those of you who don't know, Kissin used to have um, enough ratings for, I don't know, 15 radio stations. <laughs> it, it did. It did. Um, but it's like it, it at Kissin'. I, I met two people that greatly influenced me um, yes. because we 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 started out with with you know James Bragg my my uncle Mike who who certainly uh, inspired me as a as a as a young man and from the radio mm-hmm. business but as far as learning the craft of of programming uh, when I when I came to Kissin um, 
and I met Kirby Confer and Kirby, you know, uh, was at Kirby and, and Kirby Confer and Jerry Ashley and Jim Long. Those guys were the was they were the force behind Kissin. And that's and, a smart crew of people. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kirby was was remember, you know, Kirby did. KSSN, WSSL. You kind of know that those set of call letters. I do. I know about he him. He was and the, the guy that that he his creativity was. He's just, a clever namer. Oh, absolutely. It's like yeah. Miss One Hundred Three. Um, we had Cajun One Hundred Three. We had Wiggle in 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 Columbia, South Carolina, and all of the frogs. That's Kirby. All of the froggy stations. It goes back to Kirby Confer. So he was my programming mentor um you know while i was at kissing and then jerry was was and so and so that's uh, jerry was the was the uh, the the sales guy but he he had such a uh, a, a great force in terms of being positive and inspirational yes. which is very presence he would walk in the building and make people feel good about where they worked and who they were and what in the contribution oh. that they made to that radio station. And can, and it was can the- I just can I just say what a seminal sentence that was or a couple of sentences today we deal with. This is omnipresent in our. In our country, OK, not just in the radio industry, but. It's like employment and recruiting. It's like everybody's like, how do you do it? Well, how do you? Well, you just said the sentences, right? You said he walked in the building. He made people feel like they had a purpose, that they were contributing, that they were somewhere special, that they were doing something special. Those things are electrifying. They, they really are. And unless you've worked at a place like that, you it's very easy to go. Wah, 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 wah. Yeah, 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 of course it is, because we're all we're all very, uh, you know, the being cynical and negative. It's that's just part of of the day. Human. But that's yeah, human. being human. But but yeah. this was um, and, and I'm going to uh, tell a story very quickly um, mm-hmm. that, that when when Kirby and Jerry sold a station to Al Kanib at Barnstable Broadcasting uh, and they both got big checks and they closed at the station and and Kirby's walking down the hall and he sees me. He says, Phil, Phil, come here. And I'm thinking I'm going to get a bonus. He's going to give me yeah, a right. so it didn't happen. Um, but what he did, he he left me with three things that actually changed my life because he said, Phil, final lesson, my my friend, final lesson for you. Uh, three things. Always remember these three, three things and you will be successful in life. Because I was uh, at the time I was in my mid 20s, you know, and he said, Phil, three things. One, read the Bible every day. So your faith in God is strong Two, read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. So your belief in yourself is is strong. Three. And this is the most important. Maybe you become the company you keep. Yes. And 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 so and that was uh, and then uh, as as, uh, fate would have it, of course, many years have gone by. And my dear friend Bob Robbins passed away uh, about a year ago. And um, so I was reconnected with Kirby and and I and I and I told him after I hadn't talked to him in years and years and years. And I said, uh, Kirby, I want you to know that those three things that you told me in the hall there at Kissin, th- those have stayed with me my entire life. And I want you to know you were right. You were right. And and uh, he, he says, oh, Phil, I'm getting chills. I'm getting chills. I said, why, why, why? He says, I just gave the commencement address at, 
Allegheny College or wherever it was. He said, yes. I just a commencement address at Allegheny College. And I said three things <laughs> that every graduate needs to remember. And and uh, and it was like, I can't believe that you remembered that. I said, I remembered it because it's the truth. That's what's the remember. truth. That's right. So so um, they were the they were my mentors before I, I met Rusty in the early. All right. Years. So so here's where we are. We're going to the Super Bowl together. You're ready. It's exciting <laughs> when you go to the Super Bowl. OK, how did you meet Rusty Walker? Well, remember, Al Kanib bought the station and um, uh, Al owned KS, KSSN in Little Rock. Uh, this was before the Radio Television, Television Act of 1996. So you, you right. were restricted to how many you could have. But he had a, he had Kissin in Little Rock. He had um, Kicks 106 in Memphis and he had WKDD in Akron. Uh, I think a station in Long Island. Uh, New York. And um, so it was a relatively small cluster of uh, a group of stations, but he was using um, Rusty in Memphis at Kicks 106. And at the time, uh, we we had uh, a consultant named Charlie Oaks, who's just a, a dear friend of mine. Uh, but but Charlie, I didn't talk to him much on the phone. And we basically got uh, uh, music uh, uh, or leadership from him, advice from him. Um, and and so that was primarily how he was used. And and so Al had through David Gingold, who ended up becoming the president of the company, uh, oh, yes. was using Rusty. And and uh, he called up Jerry and said, hey, you know what? We've we've got a guy we really like named Rusty Walker. And, um, uh, you know, whatever you guys want to use. Uh, but we're using him and we're having great results. And I was actually um, uh, in the uh, the Little Rock Christmas Parade riding on top of a van, waving at people, throwing candy. OK. And uh, Bill Ramsey, who was one of the account executives, was sent out to um, to, to flag us down in the parade and said, I've been told that that uh, there's someone at the radio station that's supposed to meet with you. No one told me. That Rusty, oh Rusty Walker is here to for an appointment with you at 10 o'clock. And I said, well, I'm in a parade right now. I didn't know who the guy was. And anyway, so so Jerry, well, uh, uh, you know, you know, communication. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. Hard. He just forgot to tell me that Rusty was sure. there. So so they uh, took me back to the station and I spent the day with Rusty and the rest is history. I mean, um, we just clicked a lot of the things that he was was giving me in terms of uh, you know, advice for the station, whether it was musical, but mainly it was strategy. He was he, he right. understood, um, uh, you know, uh, marketing warfare. Uh, he understood uh, the dynamics. We were under attack by another station. And uh, he, he gave me a, like, if, if you use me, that's great. If you don't, but here's five things I want you to do. If you can do these five things, the station will be in a more defensible position. And and uh, he, he made it, it. It was very logical. It, it wasn't complicated, but it just used common sense. And um, uh, in a nutshell, uh, when when Jerry came to me and said, well, well, it's your call. What do you want to do? And I said, I'm going with Rusty, you know, and and um, uh, that partnership was forged there in uh, 85, 84, 85, somewhere. Well, around there. And I was going to say it's that's not a long period of time before I am influenced by what I'm going right. to talk about That's right. next. So, yeah. and this is all kind of scary hearing you talk about it because when you said Knoxville and the world's fair, I thought, well, 
did you just say your first programming job was 1982? <laughs> I did. That cannot be true. So, yeah, but, but go ahead. So many people loved Rusty. I mean, look, so many people love Rusty. As you know, when I had my personal lightning moment with Rusty Walker, it was actually you. Yeah, yeah. But well, I did not know that at first. In other words, when I learned about you, you were under that Rusty Walker umbrella. I think Rusty would call this his mystique. What was that like? And how long did you work as a consultant with RWPC? Well, I worked for Rusty for 14 years. Um, and um, if if you if you put the the time that he consulted me in Little Rock in there, it's more like uh, you know, 17, 18 years, but, right. but um, uh, the, w- what ended up happening um, in regards to uh, my relationship with him, um, you know, after a, a certain amount of time and the success of the station, cause we went from the 16 and 17 chairs, which sounds ridiculous into the, you know, the twenties and 21 and 22, you know, those shares because you pulled them at WSSL in Greenville. Um, but, but uh, it, 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 his business was expanding at such a level that he couldn't do the business uh, because he was turning business away. Um, he said he wanted to, to get someone that was very close to, to my demeanor in terms of. Wait, his wait, wait, you got to stop right there because this is what I want to know. Forget about what you want to okay. tell us. I want to know this. What did Rusty Walker see in you? He saw you. And he saw that. Yeah, I I think. Okay, I think this is this is as we talked about expanding the business, um, Mm -hmm. because we would strategize about that because we had 100 clients at one time, which is just incredible. Um, But but he he goes, I needed to clone myself. (laughs) I needed someone that was very close to 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 doing things and and uh, the manner that I approached the manner that Rusty approached advice uh, right. giving advice because you know there there's different ways of of giving advice you can sell it or you can tell it and there's appropriate times to do both but as a consultant you're going to be selling it you know you're not you're not a uh, when i was a company executive with with clear channel then then you know once you're in the company then you can tell it but if you're outside the company you have to sell it and you have to have the uh, a great deal of woo in what you do if you do the gallup strength finders you know you know what woo is woo is the ability to to convince someone to do something maybe even something they don't want to do that's woo that's your persuasion uh, and what you're talking I, about is is powerful for a consultant like yourself but it's also powerful for a program director. It's a talent for it's for it's everyone for life because yes. we're all marketers because yes. we're ultimately we're marketing ourselves. That's and, right. and you're, I'm, you know, it, 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 I don't want to make it sound like everything's marketing, but that everything's marketing. Uh, you but know, everything might right be marketing, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you you're all trying right. You have a brand and you're you're marketing that brand. You may be marketing it to to, uh, you know, uh, prospective uh, clients, partners. Well, well, and wait, because you brought this up, I'm going to I'm going to stop you right there and and just add this little bit. 
you you have a brand. I don't mean Phil Hunt or Lloyd Ford. I mean, whoever's listening to this podcast, you have a brand. If you're not working on that brand, that doesn't mean you don't have a brand. That just means you are not working on your brand. <laughs> That's so right. That's right. Take it as a hint. This, If you've not thought about this before, you need to be thinking about that. So, Phil, yeah. I, you know, God, this is a terrible two questions I'm going to put to you. Okay. I don't know how you I don't know how you contain the answer. What did you learn from Rusty Walker and how did you mature with Rusty? Well, um, I think that maybe the the, the, the idea of a, of a strict I'm going to do kind of a functional answer and then maybe an yes. emotional answer. Okay. The functional answer is I learned the, I learned the art of strategy, the idea of uh, when you have a brand or, you know, in, inside a, a marketplace where there are other brands, you have to be able to say uh, with your station story, how are you different and how are you better? If you don't have that, what is your unique proposition and how are you selling it? Um, I remember one time I asked Rusty, well, what if what if the other guys are, are saying the same thing we are? Who wins that uh, if they're saying they have the same unique proposition we do? And then and then the answer becomes uh, whatever station does the best job selling it is the one that wins the image. So so that's probably the biggest thing that I learned from Rusty was was it was more than just capturing the moment and seizing the day and being a reflection of, uh, you know, a community. Those are, are all, you know, very, uh, very important things. But the idea of having a strategic plan to, to where I'm going to attack here, I'm going to defend here, I'm going to parry here, I'm going to, to use my power to give me more power, all those Sun Tzu um, uh, Trout and Reese, um, yeah, all the stuff. things, all that, but, but all of that came into, to where that is what was missing for most people. They didn't have, uh, a, um, uh, you know, a skill set to help them develop the, uh, from, from a strategic sense, uh, to protect, to defend a brand and to strengthen it based upon the, the choices they were making making based upon what the strategy was. They were just out and there. And Phil play. Hunt, because you are a consultant right now, and I am a consultant right now, let me put a vote in for what this is. Okay. I cannot believe that we live in a time in which the world has gone through RWPC, Rusty Walker, all that time, all of those great brands that y'all were a part of all across the country, all the things that happened. And yet right now, there's more of a real need for people to be helped with strategy, I know. be helped with branding, be helped with those things because okay. our business has lost a lot of that. But I look, I'm going to focus for just a minute. When I think about you, I don't think of that as being 14 years with Rusty. And I know that you get this a lot, that people will often think, well, you must have been with him for 30 or 40 uh -huh. years. That's right. That's right. <laughs> because well, there's an image with that. But look, you did something that I think was the most disruptive sudden choice in what I call the Rusty Walker universe. You left. I did. No one, I think, saw that coming. Uh, I know some things about this. To me, once I personally, because I'm selfish, got over the mm. butthurt of it, right? Mm. I understood that you left for a variety of reasons, but one of them was 
that you did something that showed amazing character to me, which you always tend to do. This is why call you a wisdom tree. It, it, there's a there's a thin, there's a lesson in watching Phil Hunt do things. You didn't want to take from Rusty. Now, other people may not understand that, but I do. Can you talk about that decision to leave at that moment in time? Yeah. Okay. Because I talked about the functional side of, of yes. Rusty, but the other the other side of Rusty, and maybe the most powerful. Maybe the most powerful was that he was a golden rule person. Yes. He was a golden rule person. He's a handshake guy. He was a handshake guy. And, and I've, I've, to, I've told the story on Facebook a couple of times. I remember one, but this is who he was. I remember one time there was a, a consultant, a, com, a competitor who would, had said some horrible things about Rusty. Very, very untrue. But but that's what competitors do sometimes. Uh, and, um, you know, I went to Rusty and said, hey, do you know that this person is saying this about you? He goes, yes, I know. He goes, I've heard it. And, and so thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, uh, maybe a month later, maybe, maybe more, uh, uh, someone called and said, we'd like to hire you. Uh, and Rusty said, we're full. We, uh, Phil and I have more than we can do. Uh, uh, we can't take on any more. You need a, but I am going to recommend a consultant to you. And it's this person. And it was the person that was saying all those horrible things about. Oh my God. And I, I came because I was my office was right next to his. And you, you heard it. You've been to it. I it's with the paper thin walls. And and I went over there and said, I can't believe you did that. I said, man, can, can you believe that so and so would, you know, said all that stuff and you're recommending business to him? He says, well, Phil, I'm going to tell you this right now. It says in the good book to love your enemies. And that's what I did. So that is who I worked for. And that's what I learned that your principles, uh, your um, the, the idea that that uh, the golden rule works even in business. Now, now you may say, well, Phil, it, you know, you're, you're talking about all this grandiose stuff, but it's competitive business. And, and I'm talking about how we we um, how we uh, engage the, our fellow human beings. OK, yes. And and uh, and and there is a power in that, whether it's it, and so I was just doing what I would want to be done. And the Radio Television Act of 1996 just absolutely killed the consulting business in many ways, because we and in like three days time, we lost all when Clear Channel bought Capstar. We know this because we both <laughs> were in the same. That's right. In the now, same group. Look, yeah. Just to be fair here, I'm going to just kind of truncate this a little bit. Phil, you had a ton of Clear Channel stations. I did. I did. I did. I, I, I you know, it's uh, it, you personally, I mean, I personally, I, I did most of the Capstar stations and and, um, you know, I, I knew that Rusty wouldn't fire anybody. That's just the way that he was. Right. Um, uh, and I love him for that. But but from a business standpoint, that's probably not very smart. But right. but that's the way that he rolled. And I knew that I had to step up. And so I resigned. I resigned and I was was fairly sure that I could get a a job at clear channel at the time. Cause right. that's where all my clients were. That's where all my clients. Right. And well, uh, they had a lot of trust in you, Phil, for they, very they, strong reasons. They, they did. And, and it ended up being, 
uh, a good thing for me. Uh, I, I benefited from uh, my time there. I was there almost 10 years. Um, but but on the on the rusty side, that decision was based upon um, he needed, uh, you know, our um, a client list had shrunk greatly. And it was just time. It was time for him to, to be able to to retool, you know, uh, the post radio television act of 1996 in terms of, of our industry. So anyway, well, listen, so you made that decision that was personal and I know personally, cause I know I'm, I'm, I just knew rusty and we had this conversation. He was crestfallen because he was like, no, kind of, you know, we'll figure this out, you know? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> um, it, it, it did it, this incredible thing. That was yeah. an incredible thing to do. It shows who you are. So let's talk about what we now can call the old clear channel. What was it like from going from RWPC to clear channel? Well, it was uh, scary at first, just because I hadn't worked for a company of that size ever, you know, right. uh, and you have been to um, where our offices were in Iuka, uh, Mississippi. Yes. And, and uh, here I was in the in the corporate world. But it it uh, once I met um, Lowry and, and Mark Mays and Randall Mays um, and Tom Owens. Um, uh, uh, and, and of course, you know, I, I, I liked them and they liked me and, and, uh, it really put my mind at ease and it was a fantastic place to work. And, and, uh, I know that there were a lot of people that would talk about the evil empire and all that kind of stuff, but always noise in our industry. Yes. Yes. yes but, but it was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was amazing. And, uh, in, you know, just a, a few years I became an, uh, you know, a EVPO, you know, so um, I I was uh, greatly blessed by them and um, still think that that, uh, you know, as a as a company, um, uh, you know, that especially whether it's Tom Pullman or, um, you know, John Zellner, uh, Brad, all of uh, Rod Phillips, they're all uh, great guys, great programmers. Well, and let's it's, leave it it's like a difficult this. time. Yeah. Look, let's leave it like this. There are a lot of brilliant people at iHeart. That's true. Do not think that is not true. That is foolish to think that is not true. It is true. There are a lot of smart people. There are a lot of smart people in all these companies. I'm going to shift things on you a little bit just for a minute. Okay. I think this is so important. I think this next thing is an important part of your story. Can you please talk about your family today? Because... I want somebody listening to our podcast. We're the encouragers, right? I want them to get a real understanding of how radio isn't the most important thing. I know we're all passionate about it. Nobody's more passionate than I am about it. But to somebody like you, you value making a contribution. It's very important. But your family is a great balance for you, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like radio is not who I am. It's what I do. Uh, in, in some ways, but it's not who I am. And and uh, I believe my purpose in life is to glorify God and to be an extension of his love and ministry to others. That's God my bless. that's my uh, that's my compass. OK. Yes. And, and uh, you know, I uh, those who know me and know that my family is 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 a big part of who I am. And, right. um, you know, I, I benefited greatly from having. Uh, parents who believed in me, encouraged me, 
um, and supported me. And, uh, you know, I, I want to do that for my children. And, and I, I, I still do. I mean, they're all men now. You know, my, my oldest son is 40 years old, which just blows Listen, my mind. For people who don't know you really well, let me just, I'm just going to put my thing down. Phil's kids are amazing. And they're a direct derivative result of the people above them in their family DNA. Yeah. You know, this, 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 have to now think of her as a principal at a, at a, <laughs> at a school. <laughs> I feel like she's going to have a ruler, you know. Um, <laughs> and then there's you with all this wisdom. Listen, today you serve clients with your own company, Plant Media Strategies. And look, you know, it's not normal for one consultant to put another consultant on their podcast. I don't think so anyway. But mm -hmm. I talk about this. I believe in what I call the theory of abundance. So let me just say this. Uh, it is my deep honor to have you on this podcast, Phil. Tell us about your work today and what drives your passion about service, about radio, and about helping people, other people outside your body. Well, you know, Hunt Media is uh, in in some ways an extension of a lot of the things that, that we learned with Rusty. Um, you know, I, I think that that you mentioned it earlier in the podcast about how that you know, this is a, um, a challenging time for our business. And now is the time to do the best radio of our careers. And that's what I want you. Uh, that's that's my goal is for right. the talents to make an emotional connection with the with uh, the audience, because companionship is what is missing from a lot of the platforms today. Companionship, um, you know, being able to uh, play a music that that moves you. That's that's uh, that's some scientific uh, ways and through testing and other things we can find. Any anyone can give you a list. I can give you a good list. But the main thing is to be able to have a station story, a unique proposition um, that gives you. Uh, an advantage, a strategic advantage over your competitor. Uh, and that's the go that's my goal. Uh, and I've done it for, you know, for 30 years. And, and that's what I, I continue to love to do. That's my greatest passion is to form a partnership um, with, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't even like to call them clients because that sounds that sounds very sterile. But I want to I want to forge a partnership with uh, this group of people that that have a common goal of having a unique proposition, uh, being able to leverage that unique proposition that gives you a competitive advantage and ultimately enables you to have a higher market share, ultimately to, to be able to, to charge more for your advertising and to, uh, you know, uh, you know, going back to a, a Dick Ferguson new city thing, identify and satisfy customers needs profitably. The 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 new city mantra. That's exactly uh, what I'm trying to help people do. Listen, we're talking with Phil Hunt. And for those of you who may not know Phil or know him casually or know him by reputation, the things that he is fundamentally talking about right now, I can just tell you. Uh, I learned these things at Phil Hunt's kneecap as he taught me as a small programmer, oh, these man. different things. And, and they're so pivotal and so important. And there's never been a more important time to understand that radio stations are a thing, but brands, yes. brands can 
can leverage for more money. That's what this conversation is about. Listen, yeah. I, I think I think many people might not know this about you, Phil. You write songs. Can you share that passion for a minute with us? Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, if you're in radio or if you're a programmer, you're you're creating, creating things. You know, creative people create things. Now, having that creative uh, side of, of me, uh, uh, but also the strategic side of me, uh, you know, what, songwriting, if you know anything about my family, um, we're all guitar players and and we have a thing called a hootenanny that we do. It's kind of like the old WNOX Tennessee barn dance, you know, back in the day. We get together a couple of times a year. Everybody has songs they've written and it's just something that we all do. And it's expected being a storyteller. Wait, everybody in your family is a songwriter? Well, not not, uh, that in the literal sense, no. But everyone's a performer. Everyone is performing. But the idea of creating something, it's very easy for for radio people because we're in the entertainment business. And, And our goal, I go back to kind of my creative mantra and that is our goal is to make uh, an emotional connection with the audience so you do that in radio you do it you can do it uh, delivering a speech you can you can do it but writing a song is you know all art aspires to music there is no higher art form than music uh, no one has ever looked at a painting and cried i mean there's a lot of great the Starry Night, and there's some great uh, pieces of art that are moving, but but you know, music is the most powerful art form there is, and so to me, that that's not only uh, plutonium; it's plutonium. You know, it, it it's powerful, and and telling a story. Every station's got to have a story, right? So the idea of writing was something. Uh, writing a song was like. That's that's easy. I'm not saying I'm good. I'm just saying that 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 the idea of creating a song, it's just an idea. It's a story set to music and and understanding the craft of songwriting. You know, um, I continue to to profess to be a lifelong student of radio. I'm a lifelong student of music. I'm a lifelong. You know, that's what's fun about the journey of life is to is to being able to pursue the passions that you have and feel like that, like you never reach 100 um, uh, percent. Uh, the story that Rusty would always tell about, uh, you know, you get what you need in your craft in the first five to 10 years, you get 95% of it. Okay. In the first four five, six, seven years of, of going into a certain line of work. And then you spend the rest of your life trying to find the 5%. And, and so that's where I am with, with radio. That's where I am with songwriting. I'm trying to find the, the, the missing piece to get better. And if you can get just a little bit better every day, then, you know, there's 365 days in a year. And, uh, you know, that's that's powerful. That's that's real progress. You know, people talk about the secret. That's the secret. It is. The secret is that everybody wants to figure out how to get 100 percent better from where they are right now. Right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. That's not how it works. That's right. It's, uh, you know, it's like it's like losing weight. 
you know, I was uh, talking to a friend and I, and I, and I made a, a comment. I said, it took me 10 years to lose 10 pounds, but I, <laughs> but I did. I did. I did it. <laughs> yeah. They were making a comment, man, you look great. You were losing weight. I said, yeah, it took, it's taken me 10 years to lose 10 pounds, but I finally did it. I did it one pound a year. And, uh, but that's, you know, it's that line of thinking that, that I think is, is powerful. It's like, uh, you know, having a strategy, uh, you know, things, you know, some, sometimes things just happen. Manna does fall from heaven. That's great. And, and that does happen. But if you have, uh, some sort of strategic plan to leverage your, um, uh, you know, assets, uh, you know, hopefully those, those things that you're good at are in the key benefits of what someone's looking for, whether it's a listener, whether it's a prospective job, um, understanding how to leverage those things and to get better at those skills that, that other people find attractive, uh, you know, that's gold. That's, that's, yes. that's how you, that's how you, you wake up every morning and you're, uh, just uh, you know it's like everyone has bad days hear me this is not pollyanna this is this is just the truth but i know it is very true yeah yeah but i get up every day and i don't dread the day i don't dread the work it's fun it's still fun um listen phil i don't know if i learned this from you or learned this from rusty or i can't tell you all those things but i can tell you this everybody on this planet as good days and bad days. Right. That is the that is the way life works. That's right. And when you learn that you can develop strategy and mental toughness to overcome when things are bad, uh, and when you develop strategy to get ahead when things are good, those two things in combination are incredible. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's life life changing skills. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, I, I uh, have lived a life of, of, of tragedy in the early parts of my life. I almost died when I was 11. I was in a horrible accident when I was 11, almost died. Uh, and then uh, two years later, my mom committed suicide and, mm. um, you know, overcoming um, depression. I, I mean, I've walked I've I've gone through that. Um, you know, it's it's like. Right. Um, the, these are things that, that aren't magical, um, uh, but only in the sense of, uh, you know, uh, uh, faith, walking on faith, understanding your, your life purpose, um, being around others. Again, you become the company you keep being around people who believe as you believe, or actually yes. have, have something that you want. Maybe, uh, you know, my wife, uh, is, I've been married to her 44 years but she is uh, the most inspirational, positive person I've ever met. And I needed that, you know, that that was yes. uh, in, in during that early part of my life. And again, you can do the math as to how old I am pretty easy. But but it's like Diane was you become the company you keep. I believe I'm more like her. <laughs> 44 well, years you're later, some really good company. Yeah, over there, yeah, that's right. I, I, I had her in my life uh, and still have her in my life. And 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 uh, ha I had Rusty in my life. I had Jerry Ashley in my life. Uh, I had my mom and dad in my life. And and these were, uh, you know, dad was a realist, but but, you know, yes. and you need a good whack upside of the head every once in a while. That's true. But but uh, it was always you can do it. And and uh, to a lot of people who maybe grew up in a, in a setting where you don't have that, 
uh, I understand and my heart, uh, you know, goes out to you. And uh, from a compassion standpoint that you didn't have that, but you can have that by, again, you become, uh, you know, Kirby was right. Read your Bible every day, read Napoleon Hill. And if you haven't read Think and Grow Rich, it's basically nothing more than if you believe you can, you can. If you believe you can't, guess what? You can. You can. It's it's very basic. It's very basic stuff. But it's I'm on a mission in my practice to get rid of the use of the word can't. That's right. It is highly destructive and it is awful. Yeah. Yeah. And but again, um, it's amazing what people can do when they believe in themselves. And I go back to uh, when you're when you're um, uh, I remember a number of years ago when I I was with Clear Channel and I, I did. 238 radio stations. Can you believe that? But I did. I was, I was <laughs> 238 radio stations. I was. And, and uh, I remember a guy came up to me and, and said, Phil, have you, have you heard, have you heard me on the air? What do you think? And I said, Oh, Hey, you sound great. You sound great. And I was really just trying to kind of uh, blow him off and say, Hey, look, I'm busy. Uh, and, and I thought to myself, man, I've just done that guy a big disservice. So I made sure that I listened and I, I gave him best part of the show, worst part of the show. I gave him something that that encouraged him to do. To, and maybe in some ways I was exaggerating how good it was. But uh, but I believe if you hear, boy, you know, your editing, your editing was was uh, was really good in, in this break right here. And you got to the, the payoff very quickly. And, and that's a, that's a great skill. And, and maybe I was I was maybe a little a little kind in that area. But. But when he heard that, he said, I can do this. I can I can do a break, an edited break and and I can get to the payoff quickly. And I'm not wasting listeners time by, right. by you know, going off uh, down a rabbit hole or mowing this grass, you know, this the same grass again, um, you know, in, in the break. But those things are powerful. They're very powerful, even whether it's it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, coaching a talent. Uh, you're trying to, you're only as good as, as the, the people that are on your team. Uh, okay. So Phil, listen, when you come on our podcast, I mean, we want this to be a great experience for everybody. We do tell, uh, it's not a fib. We just mm-hmm. sort of leave it. We sort of leave this part out. The last question is where you've heard the phrase, no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> That's the last question. So we ask this question to everyone. What do you think the future of radio is going to be? And what would you like for it to be, Phil? Well, I, I, I go back to I believe we are an industry that has an inferiority complex. We feel like that what we have isn't special or unique and that we've got to put some kind of a shiny object on it. And, and I'm talking about, you know, um, uh, being able to to not understand or appreciate the idea of people on the air being a, a friend to a listener. That's a powerful yes. uh, uh, playing great music that that emotionally connects with people from a targeting standpoint, going in. Yes. And, you know, my my speech about life group segmentation, I believe that with all my heart that there's uh, there's different people that that. Are, you know, are, are uh, you know, they're, they're uh, it's more than just the music. There's a lifestyle. I think that, that, you know, that, that Bud Light fi- found out about the idea that you've got to be able to super serve the core and understanding yes. 
what are their passion points? So I believe as long as radio can do that effectively uh, and, and understand the art and craft of radio, that radio has a great future. And now, now it's kind of like it's, it's our ability to do a great promote ahead. A great promote ahead is uh, 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 coming up next. I've got Phil Collins. That's that's not a great promote ahead. You know, I, I had uh, through an, another associate of mine. I was able to voice track. I did weekends on a station in Texas. I won't tell you which one because I'm not there anymore. But I did. I, I hadn't I hadn't voice tracked a station in uh, 44 evers. I said I want to try voice tracking with with my with my iPhone. Uh, and and it was great fun because I was able to to come up with with fantastic promoter heads based upon my ability to look at the songs that were coming up, look at the music I was playing, look at what was going on the, in the community. And I was going bang, bang, bang uh, again. What are the passion points of the target? Because not only is a goal important, but the target drives everything. What group of people, you know, are 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 you after? What are their passion points? What are the things that, that move them? And if radio can do that effectively, we'll be just fine. Thank you. Because the only thing that's non-duplicatable in today's world is people. There's only one Lloyd Ford. There's only one Phil Hunt. It's like Listen, my mother told me, and I thought this was so unique until I learned that other mothers told their kids this. Honey, you're like a snowflake. <laughs> There's only one of you. That's right. That's right. When, when we, uh, that's when, your difference, right? That's what right, makes you right. different? What makes you better, right? How are you different? How are you better? And it's like when, whenever, um, uh, Rick Torcaso, uh, uh, it, when, when they put on young country, uh, back in the day in Dallas, there was no hole between KSCS and Kplex. And, and I saw the research. There was no hole between those. Both stations were very solid, had all that want all the images. And Rick was a brilliant guy, still is. And Rick said, you know what? But there's one thing that they don't have that they haven't word. They haven't won the word fun. OK. And even though there was some things going ding, on. Ding, but, ding. Yeah. But they basically put morning shows in everyday part and it just killed it. They came in Phil, only because you're on this show right now and you're saying all this really super wisdom based stuff. I'm going to slip in. OK, this one this one little thing. Okay. You cannot research something before it occurs. That's right. Very, very true. Very true. Um, and 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 so and his the the basis of 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 doing in essence the it was it was Stony and Tony Trueblood in the morning and it was right. middays and uh, A W Pintoja in the afternoons and Stuby Dokes at night and 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 these guys and gals were just they were entertainers. And, right. and uh, they they uh, uh, because because his 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 uh, most important point was the only thing that's non duplicatable in in the entertainment world is people. There's right. only one person. It's like we certainly saw see that saw that with Rush Limbaugh. There, it's like, wow, what a what a vacuum that, that's created, because, I mean, there was only one rush and the only place to get him was here. Um, the, you know, it's like. 
having developing talents to where they have that kind of impact in a market. Uh, it's it, it it is difficult. It is challenging. But you and it's worth it. Yeah. And it's worth it. But you can't win that just by saying coming up next, I've got Phil Collins. Well, you know, hey. I, I love Phil Collins and, and all that. Don't get me wrong. Nothing wrong with Phil. Yeah, got it. But, but the idea is that people expect that. So what? Well, listen, Phil, I want to thank you for being our guest today on this podcast. It is such a big deal for me personally. And I'm glad that you made the time for us. Oh, man, my pleasure. Can, uh, invite me back. You bet. Listen, get more free resources to help your sellers with our encouraging sales success series inside our free blog at RainmakerPathway.com anytime. You can do this anytime. We are literally here to encourage radio pros at all levels. That includes your salespeople. Remember, if you know somebody that you would like to hear as a guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, it's so simple. Email me, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. Look. We say this all the time at Rainmaker Pathway. We certainly do it on the radio rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. If you want to know what that means, please call me up. I love talking about it. Uh, we want to thank our special guest for this podcast episode, Phil Hunt, with Hunt Media Strategies and Little Rock, uh, just for being our patient guest and, and giving us so much. And a very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available Boom, almost right away. It's one of the coolest guys. Our producer is one of the most coolest guys. I guarantee he's really good with technical. I want to say thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing these podcasts because that's important. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio and radio. Subscribe for free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. And please, if you don't remember anything from this podcast episode, remember this, be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers, and good night.